Kyle, you lead YWAM, Youth with a Mission, in, in Kiev, Ukraine. Take us back a bit to the time just before the invasion started. What was it like in Ukraine? What, what were people thinking? So just before the invasion, um, I think people were, were calm, um, but wary. Let's put it like that we were, we kind of knew, we knew something would probably happen, but we didn't know exactly what. You know, there were different scenarios. We looked at different um, things, but everybody kind of thought, oh, if this, ha- if this happens again, it will only happen in the east where he was before, where they had messed up, messed up before, you know, messed around and had the war going on before. Nobody ever thought it would come to Kiev. So they were thinking it was more like a Crimea situation again? They thought that uh, it would be, yeah, the east, that was kind of where it was, and he would just come into the east and take more territory. So the Donbass would, he'd expand his operations there, and, um, and it would go from there. But nobody really thought across the whole country there would be some sort of um, greater attack or greater war. So people were, I would say they were wary, like they were you know, wary of things that could happen. But nobody was panicked. Everybody was calm. They thought, oh, this is probably just another bluff. So when the war actually started, what was the reaction? Uh, I think everybody was, was shocked, for sure. Um, again, you had, you know, a mass exodus out of Kiev, out of, um, out of the major cities. So, I mean, people were panicked. They were afraid. You know, it was like the bombs started hitting, and they hit all over the country. Um, he did it early in the morning. It was 4 or 5 in the morning when everything started to happen. So people were sleeping and they were woken up, woken up by that. So of course they were, they were afraid and they thought, oh my God, you know, most people are like, what in the world is happening? And we've got to get out. So that's when you saw the mass exodus of people. Now, when the war actually started, were you and your family still in Ukraine? No, we were in Ohio. Alrighty. So what were you thinking back in Ohio when you saw it happening? Um, you know, we went through a lot of things. The first emotions were guilt. I mean, I think that was that first initial reaction because we lead the base here we lead the mission in Kiev, and we it was just an immediate it was we were scared for our, our staff for sure first was fear for our staff so we started calling people and then Anya's parents um we were afraid for them but then as the, that first day carried on i remember man why did we not stay like you know you start feeling that that in a sense that survivor's guilt like you know i'm supposed to be here i'm supposed to be there it's the you know if the ship goes down i'm the captain i need to be there with the, with the ship he always goes down with it. And, and so we went through a, a very difficult first couple of days um, in that regard. And eventually you were able to come back. Uh, you, you're in Ukraine now, yes? Yeah, I'm in Ukraine now, yep. And you've lived in Ukraine for, what, a couple of decades now? Yeah, 22 years. Yep, I first came here in 2000. Um, so I've been through two revolutions and now this. I've been here through all of it, so... And I was looking online at some of the social media, and I believe you married a Ukrainian woman, and you've got a family now? Yep, yep. I married uh, my wife, Anya. She, um, I met her in 2000 when I came, and then we got married in 2003. And I had three children um, all here. I have a 17-year-old, a 14-year-old, and a 10-year-old. They were all born here in Kiev. All speak all three languages. Now, so. do, do they have dual citizenships? Is that how it works? Um, Ukraine doesn't allow dual citizenship, so they're all Americans. Okay. Now, people are hearing maybe two different ways to say the name of Kiev or Kiev. What what is the difference there? It's Kiev. Kiev. They're they're using that because they've they've been trying to change that for years because that's the Ukrainian way to say it. You would say Kiev, Um, not Kiev. Kiev would be the Russian way, where Kiev would be the Ukrainian way. So that's kind of part of that 
forming their identity, right? So they're getting trying to get international people to say Kiev, um, like the like the Ukrainians would say it. Understood. So Youth of the Mission, YWAM, has been very active, um, of course, before the war, but even even after things. uh, What has YWAM been doing basically to to help people in Ukraine? Our first steps, you know, and the first thing happened was evacuating people. We were evacuating people and feeding people. Um, uh, Right now, um, so it just changed, right? So everything's changing day to day. But the first, you know, weeks we were evacuating people close to Kiev out of the villages and stuff like that as much as we could. And then in the first weeks, we were feeding, you know, thousands of people a day out of our commercial kitchen because people were, you know, the bombings were happening in Kiev. So a lot of people were underground. Um, we found some nursing homes. We found just different contacts. So we were taking a lot of food out, hot meals to people, police um, post, military posts, taking out those those hot meals that they because they didn't have anything to eat. Right. They, you know, they're on the post all day. They need to eat. Right. So we were helping out with that. Um, and then things changed, you know, slowly, they started to get better in Kiev and the album. So we started taking out food bags and that's what we continue to do today is, is we're taking out food bags that will last a family for a week and a half, two weeks. Um, and we go out to different villages and deliver right now. Our team's making about 600 food bags, um, six to 700 food bags, um, every couple of days that go out. Um, the other thing we're doing where I'm at right now actually is one of our hubs we're trying to set up in Zaporozhye. So we're working with another team where we're trying to get more to the east now um, to set up hubs where we deliver, you know, 10 ton trucks of food um, to different locations. So Kharkiv is one, Zaporozhye is one, and we're trying to do a few, Mikolaev is one, trying to get to get these food bags out to, to people who really, really need them the most. Um, and so it's pretty, pretty, pretty uh, remarkable how much need there still is. Um, you know, people just are cut off from water, electricity, food, basic needs. And so what we're doing is, is just taking those out as much and then as well evacuating people to safety in these harder places in the east and the south. What is in your heart when when you organize these these feeding missions and you see people who are cut off from food and water and relatives and so, you know, what's going through your heart as a Christian? Uh, just to get them help that they need. I mean, this is what Jesus would do. This is this is what we do. We, we're... we're, we're um, listening to what we feel God has told us to do. And this is our mission for now is to help get these people. I mean, our hearts are breaking. Um, today on our way back, we picked up a man from Mariupol who was, who, you know, it's 180 kilometers from where we're at right now. And we picked him up along the road. He had, he's been walking for seven days. He walked, you know, 40, 50 kilometers out of the 180 he needed to, you know, people have been picking him up and he's just broken. I mean, he's got everything he has on his back trying to get to his family out in the Western Ukraine. And you're just like, how is this happening? I mean, I sat there watching him cry, you know, a 62 year old man that walked that far just to get out of harm's way. Um, so it's really, really, I mean, our hearts are breaking with them. You know, these are our, um, this is the nation that I love that many of us love um, that I've served for a long time. So it's, they're like my own, right. They're my own people. Do you find that people are more receptive to, hearing about Christ in a situation like this, do you have opportunity? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Our team, um, we have some evangelists, we have teams coming in and they're, they're doing a fantastic job. Um, when we hand out things, we hand out a Bible, we hand out food and people are super open, um, to hear who we are and and who Jesus is. Absolutely. When people are down like this, um, they want to hear about something that will give them hope. And so I think that's where we see people are very open, very, very open. Are there a lot of believers in Ukraine already? Yes, 
Yes, Ukraine is a pretty strong Christian nation, Orthodox. You know, we have the Ukraine Orthodox community. Um, so there's a lot of um, a lot of Christians already, a lot of Protestants as well. So it's pretty well, um, you know. But a lot of them. But this is deeper right now. So now they need to they need to hear the voice of the Lord. So it's not just you know traditional anymore. Now you you know people really want to have that relationship with God. And so I think you're going to see um, even more depth of relationship with God from from what's happening. And something I've noticed, and I was hoping you could clarify this for me, you know, as as an American, I, I'm noticing a lot of uh, social media comments and memes and so forth, uh, especially coming from the government, but other places in Ukraine, use the term glory to Ukraine. Now, as yeah. as an American Christian, usually I think it's always glory to God. Is it a, a language difference or what's going on there? So it's it's not a language different. It's an old phrase that they just used for a long time, and so they say "glory to Ukraine, glory to the heroes." It's just their their phrase, um, and what they use, um, kind of their patriotic thing. But of course, they 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 glorify God, they love God, but it's part of their um, of who they are, part of their identity shaping that has gone on for centuries. You know, um, this goes way back when. Um, if you look at their history, Ukraine's always been trying to be ruled over by the Poles, the Lithuanians the Russians. And so um, it's kind of their catchphrase, you know, to bring them hope and to bring them um, stability and, you know, that kind of that patriotism in them, that they're fighting for their land, um, which they always have been if you look at their history. Um, So I don't think they're trying to take away anything from the Lord. I think that that's just what they're used to. It doesn't mean they don't love the Lord or don't give glory to God. It's just part of part of their identity for a long, a long time. All right. Thanks for helping me understand that. Now, yeah. Looking toward the future, which, of course, is still unknown to us, uh, are you sensing optimism that this can finally wrap up? And if it does wrap up, what might it look like? You know, talking with everybody here on the ground these, this last little while that I've been here this last week or so, I think people think it's going to be a long war. Um, it's just it's going to drag out. doesn't mean there's no hope. I just think people um, are... Um, are are just kind of like expecting the worst, in a sense, like thinking this thing's going to drag out. Um, expecting the worst, but planning for the best, I guess is how you would determine it. Uh, the city, you know, Kiev is a four-million city. It's, it's not nearly what it used to be, but there's signs of life. People are starting to walk outside, and, you know, certain, the part, certain parts of the country, it's getting back to normal. But it definitely feels different here. Um, and I think that uh, that's just the reality of what we're in. Um, but but I, I think they're they're ready for a longer war. Um, most of the analysts here and the politicians are saying, you know, probably not even fall, it will finish. So, yeah, which stinks. It's not a good thing, but it is what it is. And here's sort of a a theoretical. If you were granted a 10-minute face-to-face with Vladimir Putin, what would you say? Oh, well, I'd probably have choice words. (laughs) But uh, I would say leave him alone. Like, you know, what are you doing? leave Ukraine alone. Let her have peace. Let her, her be alone. She's a, she's a great nation. Nobody needs saved here. There's no Nazism. There's no fascism. Um, stop using Ukraine as your little buffer zone between your, your grudge with the West. And, and I ask him, you know, what did they ever do to you? Why do you hate them so much? Is it their democracy? Is it their freedom? Are you jealous of what they have? And I, I pin those questions on them because there's, I think there's deep-seated hatred there. Um, and I'd say stop lying to your people. I'd say stop lying to your to your people, your, your Russians, with your propaganda. I'm like, I know America, we have our propaganda as well, but 
uh, I would say, you know, to, to Vladimir Putin, you know, who are you? You know, this is not you're lying through your teeth. This is not what's happening in Ukraine. Um, so stop lying to your people to get, you, to get to get them to support this war. Understood. So what yeah. kind of needs do you have at, at YWAM? And, and how can people who may be listening uh, find out more or ways to help you? Yeah, um, I think, uh, you know, if you go to ywamkiev.org, um, that would be our website. Um, it's up to date and you can see ways to donate on there. Um, you know, keep praying for us. Keep praying for our team's safety. Um, they're going into some hot zones right now. Um, pray for truck drivers because we're, you know, we're trucking in food from Europe right now. Um, and it's hard to find trucks and truck drivers. So pray for that. Um, and that's the needs right now. The needs are, you know, food bags and food and fuel costs, stuff like that. So any donations, that's what we're going to. We don't have admin costs, very, very little. Um, everything's going to our team here on the ground, and then they're distributing and, and doing everything they can to help. So I think that's overview of, of what's going on right now. All right. Kyle, we appreciate you sharing your heart with us. Yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate you having me.